And ladies and gentlemen, here we have Mr. Carl Van. How you doing today, brother? Man, I'm doing great, man. How you doing? I am doing well. For those of you out there who don't know, this is actually a very, very close, near and dear friend, a fraternity brother. And um, man, we've known each other for years and I've been looking forward to this conversation because we talk behind the scenes and now we're going to talk out in the open about some great things. And honestly, I'm just glad that more people are going to get to know one of my closest friends because he has some amazing things going on and he is probably right now he's my number one motivator so oh, man, hopefully <laughs> so i want like some, what man i'm just being real man you know you keep it real with me all the time man you share the highs you share the lows and you know i really appreciate that and you know for those of you out there watching on black man day today i hope that this ends up being motivation for you so without further ado, we're going to get started with this. And Carl, who is Carl Van? Man, Carl Van is a lot of things, brother. Um, first, I'm a, I'm a husband. I'm a father of two little little ones, uh, my son, Jackson, and my daughter, Streeter. I'm a living example of what I want them to be. And I want them to be good people, um, you know, honest and, and move with integrity. So I would say that, you know, I spend most of my time trying to make sure I'm walking in the way that I want my kids to walk. So that's who I am in a nutshell. And then on the business side, I am a serial entrepreneur and creative. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm excited about trying new things and um, I move on the things that, that fuel my soul and my spirit right now. Took a while to discover that, but that's how I'm moving. <laughs> yes sir perfect explanation those are the things that i know about you as well man um and you mentioned being a serial entrepreneur we are definitely going to get into that but another thing that mr van and i share is that carl van is from charleston south carolina my mom's yes, <laughs> side of the family is from charleston south carolina and i spent every summer growing up there um, I got my first job after college back there, and it is a very special place for a ton of reasons. But Carl, just tell everyone about Charleston, South Carolina, and what it means to you. Oh, Charleston is a uh, so funny thing for me, bro. Is I spent most of my years coming up wanting to get the heck out of Charleston. <laughs> Like, it, no, 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 seriously. And I, I didn't even realize what it was, how much of a gem it was. Mm. And um, funny story, I get pulled over in Illinois, right? And so this, the cop is a, is a female lady, a female cop, and we're talking. And she was like, oh, you're from Charleston? I was like, yes, ma'am. And she was like, my family and I are going there in like a week. So to get off from my ticket... <laughs> I give this woman recommendations on all the restaurants that, you know, she could go to. And she was so thankful. She gave me just a warning. I know I was speeding. I was trying to get to uh, get to work real quick. And um, it was pretty funny. But she was just raving over how beautiful it was. She had been a couple times before, but it had been some time since she had last been. And so, but I remember being in high school, like, just, just waiting to get out. Couldn't wait to get out of the city. And now it's my muse. Like, Charleston is the inspiration for everything um that i'm doing with my uh, with my current business um the Gullah Geechee culture and learning more about it than when i was actually physically there and understanding mm -hmm. how much of a backbone that charleston is to the united states like 
No, seriously. I yeah. are the backbone of food culture down there. Like nobody can mention food in the United States and not mention Charleston, South Carolina. And so now the same city I ran away from is the same city that I swell with pride in my chest to say that I'm from. So, you know, it's, it's, it's weird, man. Charleston is just, it's a great place. It, you know, it saddens me a little bit. It has changed. Yeah. Um, but yes, that's, that's home. It's always going to be home in my heart. Man, it, it's I'm laughing because the same thing happened to me. The older I got, the more I realized how special that place was. Like, you can probably go in anywhere in the country. If someone's coming to the East Coast, Charleston is, like, on their list. I oh, just yeah. had a co-worker this year. I'm up here in the DMV area. Um, I had a co-worker this year. They're moving to North Charleston. Um, it was her first year teaching. <laughs> and she, <laughs> you know, she announced she well. I was we like, fooled. oh, we're... <laughs> I was like, yeah, where are you moving to, North Charleston? I was like, that's where I came from to come up here. So we had a long conversation, and I was like, you're going to gain weight because the food is delicious. You got beaches. Mm -hmm. You got just the culture on those beautiful sunsets. Oh, man. Yeah. She's going to have to look for the culture now, though, because it's been a little gentrified. It's it's yeah. now you got to search for it. Before, it used to be in your face, right? Yep. So much now. So now you really got to go, because there's so many transplants and new restaurants opening up. It's yeah. not your. It's not filled with as many Gullah Geechee treasures as they used to be, so you got all these different places, um, more Mexican spots downtown, and yeah. um, I don't. I think there's a guy from New Jersey or either New Jersey or Ohio that has a barbecue spot that's popping downtown right now, which is weird. I'm like, how y'all let somebody from up top come and open up a barbecue <laughs> spot in this southern region right here? Come on, man. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it's called Lewis's. Oh it's no, actually, not that one. It's, it's real the, good though. It's, real it's good. the other guy I'm thinking about. Right by the Piggly Wiggly. Right by my, like five minutes from my grandma's house. Can't remember the name the name of it. But you must be, if you're talking about Rodney Scott, he's from yes. Hemingway. He's actually from okay. Hemingway. So he good. He good people. He he from oh, South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. That oh, food yes, is absolutely I want some of them ribs right now. Man, listen. Um <laughs> Carl said something that some of y'all probably missed. Gullah Geechee. Yes, that sir. is just a whole, we don't even have time to go into that. Do yourself a favor, <laughs> write that down and do your research. Um, and I don't know if they still do the Gullah tour down there, but I did that when I was yeah. in college. And That's I was my church like, brother. okay, I was like, yeah. oh my God. Like, yeah. I don't remember everything from it, but like the history of just welding. When I learned about welding and how Phillip many things. Simmons. Phillip Simmons with the ironwork. I used to go, I used to go tour. Um, and they used to actually take us to his home. So I've been to Philip Simmons' home multiple times in his backyard while he was working on some some hobby stuff. And he's like late into, I don't know if he was like 80, 90 years old yeah. at this point. But he was still in his backyard just tinkering, just doing things for himself. And I mean, his ironwork is all over Charleston. And I didn't even realize I was talking to like that much of a local celebrity. Right. I used to walk by his house and be like, hey. Like, it was just casual. Like, I knew, you know what I'm saying? He knew me and I knew him, which was really cool. So, yeah, man, Philip Simmons, that's what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, sir. Yo, this is the aficionado right here, man. And you just dropped a gem, and I don't know if y'all caught that. You know, one of the things that tends to float around at times is, you know, people encourage you to get out of your home state or get out of your hometown or escape or people want to get out. 
you know, take the time to really think about why that is, but also take some time to really learn about where you're from, the history, the culture. And maybe when you get older, you know, you can tie that into whatever it is that you're doing, because it is going to be a part of you. You're from there. You grew up there. You went to school there, all those things. So it's a part of you. So it doesn't have to be negative. You know, it could be positive. So really take some time. Think about where you are from and what you learn from that, because, you know, it, it helped make you who you are today. Um, it's perspective, so, man. It's perspective. Yeah. We're taught we're taught while we're in school to look forward to to do work to get to the next level. And we never are taught to sit in the moment and understand the journey that we're currently in. And I was telling my kids, I said, hey, one thing I didn't do when I was your age, I said, I used to be like, man, I can't wait to get to fourth grade. I can't wait to get to fifth grade. Yeah. I can't wait to graduate high school. I said, hey, just say I love being in third grade. I love being in fourth grade and change that mindset because I don't want them to let life pass them by missing the moments that they're in. They should love being here in Columbia and just discovering things where we are currently. And so if I had to do it over again, mm -hmm. I would appreciate everything, every single moment, every place that I'm in, because this journey can be really, uh, really different if we, we just flip the mindset. Very true, man. Very true. Um, you, you just reminded me of how much I miss Philadelphia. I spent middle school and high school in Philadelphia, and I really didn't get to explore and dig into Philly like I wanted to because my dad was a single dad at the time. It was the first time he had had me or my brother on his own completely. So he was a little bit protective. You know, when I got <laughs> when I got older, when I was like a junior in high school, that's when it was kind of like, all right, the floodgates kind of open. I could take the bus and go more places. But Oh man, I, I still got to go back and dig deep into Philly, but and he did right though, man. Philly did. can get a little, you know what I'm saying? Philly can get a little sketch. It was I'm wild. Just <laughs> it saying. was wild. I did have friends later in life. I was like, I was thinking yeah. about moving back. My friends were like, Nah, don't like, move nah, here. dude. <laughs> Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> but all right, switching gears here, man. You said you are a serial entrepreneur. What yes, is sir. that, and what have you worked on previously? So, I mean, I would say, man, I, I've worked on quite a few things. When I graduated from USC, the one thing I always said is that I do not want to work for somebody else. Now, I, if I had to rewind, I would tell myself something slightly different because I'm on this new, I'm, I'm shifting my perspective and thinking about what, you know, really valuing what I was learning in all of my positions and roles. But I knew from the time that I graduated, before I even graduated, man, I'm a hustler. I, I want to get out do my own thing. And that's always been me. That's always been in my spirit. And so I first started with a website where um, people could pretty much monitor their parties. Like they could say, okay, cool. This, this spot is popping and people could kind of have an idea of um, where to go. And then that morphed because I was, I was promoting and all that stuff like that. Um, I was like, it morphed into this idea where, man, you know what? There's a problem at every party I'm at. It takes too long to get a drink. I'm yes. over here flagging down a bartender, and then shorty, I'm trying to impress getting her a drink. I'm like, the bartender just keep passing by me, so I'm really not that cool, right? <laughs> and so I came up with this idea. What if I could order my drinks from my phone? And so I was a little bit ahead of the game. I think at the time I had a BlackBerry Pearl. This is 2007, 2008, right? Yeah. Ain't no apps. <laughs> you no. know what I'm saying? You just got mobile websites and they weren't even really well done right and then the iphone comes out so i'm like oh, i want to 
I want to create something like that. And so I started coming up with like a mobile web app. And um, that was the very first iteration of it. And I really rested on doing that for about three or four years. And it was a tough experience, man. I learned a lot. Um, you know, I, I learned a lot about partnerships and Hey, you have to think about as quickly as you know how to get into it with your partner. You need to figure out how y'all are going to exit um, if y'all decide to part ways, you know, buying each other out and stuff. But I learned a lot about approaching business and that one didn't work out. And then fast forward to, you know, I've, I've dabbled into photography. Um, I've taught myself how to code because I want to be self-sufficient. I need to know how to make my own content. I need yeah. to know how to build my own app. I need mm -hmm. to know how to do everything. And so um, I started a photography business just so I could pay for my camera equipment to be able to do my own content. Right? Smart. Um, and then I, I ended up doing a, an emoji app in 2017, 16 ish. I remember At the emoji app. I was a little impatient. I learned something about myself. <laughs> and that's yeah. and um, now I'm actually launching this business, Pass the Peas. And this is um going to be my baby i am all in 10 years from now if somebody asks me what i'm working on i'm working on past the peas because this um this just means so much to me um, so i have done a lot of things and and serial entrepreneur to me or serial creative is just i have no shortage of ideas like, you don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> like if i if i see something i can identify a problem and i can identify a solution um, and then I figure out whether it would impact enough people to even make sense to be a business. And I'm I'm very good at that. Um, I'm thankful for that gift. And so yes. I don't feel bad if something doesn't work out. I know that I have another business idea in, 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 the, in the stash or if it ain't hit me yet, it'll get to me in the shower or in my sleep and I'll wake up and write it down. <laughs> so, <laughs> yo. This guy is speaking facts, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't know about the the ordering drinks mobile web app, but everything else I knew mm -hmm. about. His photography is phenomenal. Um, I'm not Appreciate just saying that. that. I was a realtor in South Carolina, and we called him to do the photos for our properties, and we never got any complaints. Um, so, it. And I've seen his work, man. It, it is spectacularly awesome. Uh, loved the Greek Moji app, man. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to bring that. it back, to be honest. I, I was actually... Should. I still have all of the artwork, right? So the only thing I would have to do is just um, add the add the other organizations I never went around to doing. But I think I might actually add it and make it free. That's what I'm actually thinking about doing. Um, so, and I, I'll tell you more about the business model I'll probably adopt if I make it completely free. But that's what I'm thinking about doing soon. Y'all see how quick yeah. that man brain just... <laughs> no, I, 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 already, I... <laughs> yeah, I already wrote it down, like how I would, how I would revisit it. So... It's, it's been in the pipeline. I just wanted to make sure I devote 100% to Pass the Peas right now. And I mean, you know, it deserves it. So It does. And we're going to get into that in one second. I'm going to go back oh, yeah. to something that you said that, ladies and gentlemen, you know, my job here is to just <laughs> pick apart the conversation because there's so much there. Um I don't know if I would consider myself a serial entrepreneur, but I've done quite a few things. So as he's speaking, I'm laughing in my head because I'm like, yep, I went through that. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm, learned that, too. Partnerships, man. When you decide to work with someone, if you're so this is this is really going to hit home for people who have been through it. But this is really, really important for the people who have not taken a step yet to work with someone or you're thinking about working with someone. Don't just Google university. Don't just YouTube university everything. Try to find someone that you know that has experience with this and talk with them about their experience. Partnerships can go really well or they can go really bad. Mm 
Um, but like CV just said, that I call him CV, y'all. <laughs> like CV just said, you do want to know what this partnership entails. How is everything going to work? And things like that. I went through that with my podcast. You know, I wasn't, I went from not holding people accountable. And guess what? When you don't hold people accountable, they feel like they can do whatever they want to do, whenever they want to do it. And guess what? That's what happened. Then I moved to another relationship. And then when I tried to put things in place, like, hey, we need to have this, 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 and this, it didn't work for them. Therefore, it didn't work. There was no bad blood, but I felt way better about it because I'm like, all right, now I know. Hey, you set the ground rules. We need to talk about who's doing what, how we're going to handle everything and how everything is supposed to be done. That way there is no confusion and they're just going to it's just going to help eliminate some of the problems that you would normally run into. You know, when people say the, the famous line, the famous <laughs> line What's of that? people, <laughs> the famous line, <laughs> that ain't my job. Hey, look. I hey, hate you're right. that. You're right. You're right. I hate you that. gotta spell out the job requirements or the expectations from each other, and um, then everybody won't. You know what I'm saying? There's no, there's no miscommunication. You can't yep. say I ain't know I was supposed to. So, and, and then you, it, the crazy thing is, most people are afraid of setting those boundaries. Like, why are we so afraid of being like, this is what I need you to do? Like, it's just honesty. Yeah, that's it's, it. Like, dude, this is what I need. Cause we don't like no, we don't like to hear the word no. But you know, every no you receive gets you closer to the yes that you want. And the other thing you got to think about is when you put those parameters in place, it will let you know really quick if that person is for this situation or not. That's <laughs> that, and that's what you want. You want someone who's gonna look at what you have and what you work out and say, "Oh yeah, I can do that. I'm down." You know. Yeah. But that person says no, probably wasn't gonna work out. So. But I, I could go on about that. But I really you know, wanted to touch on that. Go ahead. And I was going to say, too, you know, like, I mean, the thing about it is we think if we ask for certain things, you know, you got to have more than one ask. And and you also have to have, OK, well, if this person doesn't, if they're not able to do this, are they still able to accomplish these things? And that may change the level of partnership you may offer if they can't give you everything that you're looking for. They might not be a 50-50 partner, but you might be able to get. 25% out of them. And if you can get the 25% that you need, say, hey, well, are you able to dedicate this much time to do these things? And so so that's what we have to look at, you know, um, truly when we're when we're talking about those things and, and not just giving up even on that first conversation because you're probably talking to that person because you see some value in their time yep. um, and what they bring to the table. But we just got to be honest with, you know, what we need and then figure out the rest with somebody else. Yep, yep. Just thoughts, though. One of the things this guy helped me with, ladies and gentlemen, you know, figuratively, he slapped me upside the head and said, what do you actually need? What do you need other people to do for you? And when I was able to do that, I was able to say, OK, this is what I need the person to do. This is how I wanted it. This is how I want it to be done. So it made it easy to talk to people and write everything up because I knew it. It wasn't just like I'm coming up with it off the top of my head. I really sat down, I studied, I looked, and I said, okay, here's where my weaknesses are or here's the stuff I don't want to do. And the other thing I did was I asked, hey, you know, of these areas that I'm looking for someone in, which one do you think fits you best? Okay, well, if that fits you best, here's what I'm looking at for a person looking to fulfill this role. Does this work for you? Do you like this? What's going on? Let's have a conversation. So you got to know your own business. All right, yes, I'm going to keep it moving, y'all, because yes, a lot of experience <laughs> right here. I'm telling you, a lot of experience. Yeah, man. Um, Let's get into 
past the peas. I love it when you tell this story, man. What was your inspiration <laughs> for? Well, tell everyone what past the peas is and tell everyone what the inspiration behind it is. Okay. So past the peas is the only recipe app and it's going to give you the tools to be able to upload your family recipes. You can add video of your loved ones creating those recipes. You can tell the story behind it. And then you can also create collaborative cookbooks. And so that that's really unique um, in itself to any of the apps that are out there right now. Um, and we really are, are wanting to connect the past, present, and future generations. Just one recipe at a time. Nobody from this point on, once we launch, should be able to say that they lost a family recipe because they didn't have the tool that they needed to do it. So I'm wanting to get people empowered and engaged with their families. Get in the kitchen. Get in the kitchen. Cook with your mama. Cook with your grandmama. Um, I know everybody, mama and grandmama, ain't created equal in the kitchen. But if she made something you like and you want to pass it down to your loved ones, you need to get that because it's that thing that connects us. Like one thing about food, man, we we can taste it and we can remember a moment. We can remember how it felt. Facts. And, um, you know, it's like music. Music and food, those senses are very, uh, they trigger memory. There's yeah. actually science behind that. So that's what past the peas is. Um, now you asked what inspired it. Yeah, my man. Grandmama, man. My grandmama. Um, it, so like if I'm being completely transparent, man, there's a a recurring dream I kept having. Um, and it would wake me up in tears every single time. And in that dream, it's like my ancestors talking to me, bro. Um, I would smell my grandmother's biscuits being made in the kitchen. I walk downstairs in the kitchen, it's cold, and I don't see her. Um She's she's not there, and I wake up in tears, and it's like, oh man, like I'm I'm not gonna have these biscuits. Like I don't get to see my grandma, and I woke my wife up the last time that I had that dream before we decided to actually move forward past the piece. So after she finished consoling me, I'm still a grown man, but I cry. Um, okay, <laughs> <but> yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> so after she finished consoling me, and I get myself together, she was like, well, you know. <sighs> does anybody know how to make them? And then, I, you know, my, my aunt, Nett, she had tried. I told her about how many times she tried making them and nobody could figure it out. So I was like, man, we can't have that happen with anybody else. My aunt Nora is 80, uh, about to be 82 in November. She's now the matriarch of the family. That's my grandmother's oldest daughter. And, um, you know, so I got, I started getting in the kitchen. Like soon as, soon as the idea came about, I was like, man, I'm, I'm hitting up my aunties. I'm hitting up my moms. And, then I started branching out to friends and I started recording recipes, talking to them about food and just kind of validating that I had a real problem that needed to be solved. And every time the conversations just got deep, I've got some really emotional footage of people talking about, you know, whether it was recipes to cast iron pans to, you know, just mm. different things that that make make them remember uh, their loved ones. Um it's, it's, it's just amazing. It's beautiful. Um, and and it, I know that this app is going to connect, reconnect people again with their family, even the ones that have gone on. So it's, it's a feel good app for me, man. <laughs> you silly, bro. <laughs> nah, man, I'm getting I'm getting a little emotional, man. For real, for real, because I'm thinking like some of the best memories I have in my life were in Charleston during Thanksgiving and during Christmas whole family coming down 
you know, all of our parents cooking for us the red rice, the cabbage, the oxtail, mm-hmm. the turkey, the ham, the tater salad, the <laughs> shrimp salad. Like, just yeah. thinking about that food and what a shame it would be if I did not know how to recreate any of those dishes. Just for the simple fact that I can say to my kids when I have them one day, hey, you know, God forbid if my mom's not around, your grandma used to make this just like this. Your grandma used to yeah. make this just like that. Or you know? imagine imagine having a video that you can pull up and they can watch it. They can hear her voice. Like, that's what makes it so powerful. Because when people cook, they cook it with love, man. Yeah. Like, there ain't no way to take it. You know what I mean? There's no way to spin it. It's My grandma always cooked with love. My grandma feed anybody off the street. She believed nobody should be hungry. Wow. And... I mean, at the end of the day, man, like imagine your kids can just watch her and then their kids can just watch her <laughs> and, and know the story behind the recipe. They can know how, well, I might have got this recipe from so-and-so, but I kept tweaking it. And this is how I got to, got to this place with it. So, it's, Man, it's it's so powerful. You know, um, I lost my dad in college, y'all. My dad taught me how to cook because, like I said, I spent middle school, high school in Philadelphia. So seventh grade, I was about 13 years old. That's about the time your parents really trust you to do stuff. My dad, that's where I got all my culinary skills from. My mom came later in life because I was in college, so obviously I'm eating at the calf. I'm not cooking. But, um, you know, thinking about this app is just it's so powerful because even today, like, I still have to call and text my mom or my aunts mm-hmm. for recipes, and they'll text it, and I got, like, 70 pictures in my phone, and you know we take pictures <laughs> of every freaking thing. So now you're trying to scroll back for months trying to find it, yeah. or if someone sends it to you, you're screenshotting a message, you got to create an album. It's just a whole bunch of stuff that I do not want to do. Thankfully, I have a good memory, so most of the time I can just pop up right here and do it, but, like, I would love... Love that because I don't even live near my mom. My mom's in South Carolina. I'm in Virginia. I would love to be able to pull up her red rice recipe in the app and see her cook it just so I can feel like my mom is in the kitchen with me, though she's still alive. That's a dope experience, man, just to be able to tap into a loved one, you know, and be able to create a delicious dish like that. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm hype and I'm excited because I can't <laughs> wait because I cannot wait to just be a part of it, to have my family a part of it, and just knowing that we are we are taking, and this is just personal, I love when people take all this wonderful, wonderful technology we have these days and they do something truly meaningful. It's not a gimmick. It's not a money grab. Like This no is gimmicks. something truly meaningful that can last for generations. This is for the people, man. This is honestly for the people. And um, that's, that's why... Um, I know that I am going to stick with this for the long haul because for the longest, Rob, I have always found out, figured out ideas. I would think about it like I can just make money off of this. I can make money. Like I've been completely concerned and motivated by money in the past. And, you know, it's been a two year grind. I haven't seen a penny, but I've been spending them. Um, And, you know, truthfully, you know, I'm not even worried about where my next dollar is coming from. I'm I'm so fortunate though. Most recently we got selected by programs to make money and then we're doing the crowdfunding campaign soon. And the way that I'm looking at this, I'm, I'm actually a semi-finalist in another competition right now. So we've got things in the pipeline, um, but ultimately it's, it's, it's fueled by passion. I know that this is gonna help a lot of people. 
And I don't want anybody else to feel like how I felt. I saw um, I saw my dentist, right? And mm-hmm. uh, she, um, last year, she, she had, uh, when I was in a chair, she had shared with me, you know, her mom was sick because she went to school with me. And she shared with me her mom was sick. And I was like, man, you know, we need to record her recipes. Unfortunately, since that time, she's lost her mom. We never got to get in the kitchen and record. Mm-hmm. And um, she messaged me just maybe two days ago on Instagram telling me that she finally got back in the kitchen and tried to make uh, one of her mom's dishes. And um, she shared some pictures of it. And she said it was just, you know, it made her feel good to, to yeah. think about her mom in that way. But that's what it does for us, man. It takes us to a place. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we're going to shed a tear, but it makes us feel good to feel connected to them in some way. And um, yeah, it's it's important, man. And like everybody's not moved by food in the same way, True. but everybody is moved by their family and anything to connect us to a family. People keep all kinds of silly things, man. People collect obituaries. Yeah. People collect, you know, and I mean, you're just looking at, I mean, you might be looking at a picture of, of your grandmama when she was in high school, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you just want to feel connected in some way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, at the end of the day, what, this is such a, such a moving way um, to yeah. remember somebody and we all got to eat. I was, dude, I, dang, you stole my thought. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> it's literally a necessity. You got to eat. Yeah. It's better when it's better and cheaper when you cook it too, but you have to eat. <laughs> if you want to live, you got to eat. So why not do it with the family? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um switching gears a little bit here. Let's talk about yeah. the back end of things. So you being a serial entrepreneur with mm-hmm. all this experience. Um two questions. First question. What does your workflow look like and how did how has it changed over the years? My workflow back in the day, it wasn't a workflow. It was, it was, (laughs) I mean, I was, I was working backwards. I wasn't efficient. um, And I just kind of did things like as they came. And then I would find myself not really plotting points or or figuring out a system and then getting overwhelmed, um, you know, because I, I, I could only see the larger thing that had to be done. And so, you know, if you're just chipping away, chipping away here, there, everywhere, and not really having a good focus point, um, it makes it much harder to get to the to the end goal, right? Mm-hmm. So over the years and bumping my head and taking experiences from work, managing projects, one of the best experiences that I had um, was while I was with the previous employer, I worked as a systems analyst. And so working as a systems analyst, I had to manage a project from start to finish because it was a very small team. Um, I would literally go and sit down uh, with the with the product owner, and then I would ask them about the problems, look at the existing technology they were using, document everything, and then I would go and talk to um, their subordinates, watch them work, then see exactly what we needed to do, and figure out how to the best way to attack those things without breaking the existing technology and then integrating them properly. And I saw that process from start to finish, right? And so that helped shaped my mind in a whole different way. It took the creative part of me and it helped organize it. Because I, like I said, I have no shortage of ideas, but I had a huge deficit on organization and execution. <laughs> so so when it came down to it, man, um, now my workflow really is is all about starting with just 
writing a board and I organize it even in the simplest form, just thinking about like, where am I? Like, so just the big idea, like the parking lot. And then we talk about the things that need to be done and then what's impending and then what needs to be reviewed and then what's mm -hmm. completed. Um, and so for each step, I just have the requirements to be able to move them over to the next thing. And then even with the app, I, you know, before I began the app, because this isn't my first rodeo, man, I sat down and thought about exactly what the problem was, thought about the customer and thought about exactly what that experience should be like. I asked people questions. Um, yes. And once I got my personas um, and understood what my customer looked like um, and what they needed, then I started, I took a piece of paper and I drew rectangles, which were my phone screens, and I made every single screen. And then I went through that process and I said, does this make sense? Okay, let me redo this again. And so here we are. 50 versions later on my app, right? And <laughs> we've got it right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've got a we've got a, a a product that makes sense that we are able to introduce to the public. But it does take measuring, not just twice in my case, but measuring multiple times and then cutting later. Now, had I let's say I went and I started this app because I had an idea, I'd be like, "Hey, man, developer dude, I want to start an app. <laughs> can can you make an app that does this?" Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can. Now, here's the problem. You're not going to get all the stuff in between. All of the functions, I mean, you're not really thinking through. He could give you an app that does, it, it stores recipes, but you don't have no settings. You don't have no back button. It don't save right. Like, you need to say exactly what it does. Like, you need mm -hmm. to, you're going to assume that this person knows exactly what you want. But my process now has allowed me to eliminate any loopholes. And um and and what I call we call them in the um in the agile environment you call them uh, epics which is that big story right and then the smaller stories within are the story cards that you're creating to kind of be able to manage the product so um you know I, I of course over time I've taken smaller certifications and taken classes online to learn because there's no shortage of information out there you can go to Coursera you got Lynda.com and I will hit it up in a heartbeat and take a class just to learn so I can better understand the process. And I'm trying to become a better leader right now. I feel mm -hmm. like I am a good product manager and process manager. So now my next steps, and I've been talking to um, some leadership coaching uh, folks, and I'm going to start learning how to be a better leader, people leader now, because I want to build a company culture that is going to truly be like families, truly feel like family. So, um, that is my next mission. I ain't know you was doing all that. You ain't sending that in a text, man. But no. Hey, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing that, man. Um, were y'all taking notes? Were y'all listening? Were y'all paying attention? <laughs> no, for real, because, you know, discouragement, man, it, it's going to creep in there. It's going to happen. But I'm glad you shared that because it's a long, sometimes it can be a long journey. It is mm -hmm. a long journey, and I've been saying this all throughout Black Man Day. You know, a lot of the times when you hop on social media or if you look at the stuff that you have in your life, it's done. We get the finished product. Mm -hmm. We don't get the beginning. We don't get the middle. We don't get the sketches. We don't get the headaches, the sleepless nights. We don't get none of that. We get the beautiful, here you go. We get the That's beautiful true. package at the That's end, true. and it just seems easy because people are dropping things. Every other day, something new comes out, something drops. And it, it appears that it's easy, but take some time to talk to, to the people, if you know them, behind the product or behind whatever it is that they're doing 
and and really listen because when you decide that hey I want to pursue this no one understand you're going to have to go back to school you're going to have to be a student once again whether that's YouTube whether that's Google whether that's another professional course that that's going to happen like the education part never stops I've been podcasting for 5 years I'm still learning new stuff about podcasting and podcast networks and marketing and all that stuff like you're forever going to be a student, but it only makes me better at what I do and it makes it easier for me to bring on other people once I'm ready to network. We have the ghost Carl Van here. <laughs> Technical issues happen, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, I'm not a ghost. I, I was just fixing my camera here. You good, you good. You good, man. But since you can still hear me while you're doing that, the next question I have for you, man, and this is a big one because you and I talk about this a lot personally, is the importance of networking. How important is it to network and connect with others? Okay, so um, I'm going to say this, actually. Um, and Dr. Dash actually um, really opened my mind up. And so you talked about just just now just taking a quick step back and then I'm gonna come exactly to where you're at right now. Um, I was in a place of not willing to be vulnerable, very stubborn guy by nature. Mm. And that is probably one of my biggest Achilles heels, uh, very stubborn. And so she talked to me about opening up, talking to people and getting and seeking help um, in the areas that I needed it. Right. So network is extremely key. And I had been, jaded in the past by reaching out to people, people not being willing to help me, even as small as my photography journey. I reached out to a brother, said, hey, man, how you do this? He was like, oh, man, I can't tell you that. Like, what? <laughs> Bro, it's, why can't you share this with me? You know what I'm right. saying? And um, you know the story. So. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm like. <laughs> so, you know, and um, I mean, it's kind of funny because you're just reaching out, asking for knowledge. And um, I've never been that way. And actually, you know, my mom always told me, you know, to give and to receive, you have to have open hands. She always told me that. And I've always been open to sharing. If you call me and say, hey, man, this so-and-so-and-so, um, how do I do this? I'm going to tell you. Right now, if I see grant money for people, I'm sending it out. I actually tell them, hey, sign up to this website so you yep. can just keep getting the grants or getting the information about it. I'm not like, I'm not of the mindset that, oh, well, if I give them the grant information, that might take away from the opportunities that I might get. If it's for me, it's going to be for me. And I mean, there's mm -hmm. lots out there and we have to stop thinking in the mindset that people out. So I, I got wrapped up in, you know, the, the previous situations where people were not necessarily willing to share with me. And so I, I withdrew. I withdrew from the world. And so I closed my fist up. I can't receive. Right. Mm -hmm. So so I'm thankful that in 2022, I made a shift and um, I started networking. And it's been wonderful, man. Sharing my journey with Pastor P, sharing it with people has only made it greater. When I tell you the, the people that that have been supportive, like I got people messaging me about opportunities, like, hey man, I think this is a, a, a good person for you to contact, to partner with. Hey man, I got this person who's in media that could assist you. Hey man, when you're ready, I and, and this is launched, I know that this person might be willing to give you some money. Hey, this guy runs a PR company, and I mean, it's a big company. Um, you should uh, you should reach out to them. We end up having the Zoom 
awesome conversation. Donating mm-hmm. to my campaign. Like it's so, but if you had had me transfer, like take take it back, rewind a year previous, and I'm in that mindset, like, oh, ain't nobody want to mess with me. Like yeah. because of the things that I've had from other people, um, you know, not not being willing to share information with me. And that's just information. That's free. But I, I felt so wrong. I didn't want to um I didn't even want to reach out to people. So I gotta say networking is important. Um, you know, you just have to be open to the nose. You can't take it personal. I mean, it's, you know, you, you have to be, you also have to be very clear. And I was taught that whoever you're talking to, have your three ask, have a crazy one that you know that you might not be able to, to get. So if this person, let's say they, they work with celebrities and they work next to Drake or something, that, that might be your crazy ass. Hey man, can you get Drake to be on my song? Like, you know, that's your crazy ass. That's your crazy ass. The second one might be, hey, can I just shadow you in the studio and learn from you? That might be the low low hanging fruit. I don't mm-hmm. I sweep the floors. I just want to be in there to, to kind of pick up some game from you guys. And then your third ask might be, hey, you know what? Um, if you're open, could you actually produce something for me? It could be something that you is a throwaway for you, but just something that you might have in your in, in your vault. And that's just me pulling an example from something like music-wise, right? Yeah. But just thinking of it, like you got to have your three ask. When I spoke to the last gentleman that I knew I had to ask from, I said, hey, look, man, my, my low-hanging fruit, because I knew who he was, was, hey, can you give me $1,000 towards my campaign? Uh-huh. Right? Boom. Got my $1,000. Hey, I know you're connected to these three people that are very important. Can you connect me with them? This was my middle ask. Boom. He connected me. Now, my third crazy one was Obama, because he used to work for Obama. <laughs> he was like, heck no. <laughs> he was protective of that relationship. But, he t- but having those three asks and knowing exactly what you want is very important. You can't come into a conversation talking about you want to network with somebody, and you already know that you want to connect with them, and you don't even know what you want. You're wasting their time. So yeah, networking is key, man. But you know, just be a genuine person. Be yourself. Um, and, and and just yeah, just just try to form relationships. I, the other thing is, you know, I'm most of my friendships I have are very long term. Like, yes, I don't cut people off. Um, and often, you know, you got to do something real wrong for me to cut you off. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm with you. So you know, I'm thankful that most of the people that have been supporting me, I know them forever. You know, and I don't owe them no money. I ain't done nothing wrong to them or nothing crazy. And we're able to maintain these relationships. And I think. Um, you know, people sometimes they look at relationships as very temporary. And so they're like, I probably won't talk to this person in in the next whatever years. So it's, it's, you know, they don't treat it with care. I treat my relationships with care because I want them to be long-term. Like they need to be mutually beneficial right now. I may be asking you for something, but I'll be in a different position later and I can help you. Like that door needs to be open. So that's what networking truly is, man. It's, it's about, having that revolving door, being able to pull each other up, you know? And I've been networking across. I'm not reaching up to the stars, asking the stars. I'm, I'm working with my brothers next to me. I'm calling Rob and I'm saying, hey, Rob, I want you involved in my project. And we about to get this together. We about to push it up together. So yeah. that's Man, where we at. Yep. I'm going to give y'all a second to absorb that. And then I'm going to drop another, another <laughs> bomb. I'm going to drop another bomb on y'all, but absorb that just now. <laughs> Very real. Very, very real. Um, two things. One, here's an example. 
I've known Carl Van, gosh, I don't know, almost 10 years now, maybe longer. Yeah, he introduced me to Dr. Dash. Dr. Dash is the one who helped me update my resume when I was ready to relocate yeah, to the did. DMV. <laughs> I relocated to the DMV, got a higher paying job. Now I'm more desirable than I ever was in a job marketplace. I check my LinkedIn every day for positivity and I can see companies looking at me and I'm looking at the positions that I can apply for. It's higher than it ever was. She asked me to be the facilitator of the conversations hey. for Black Man Day <laughs> at its inception. At its yeah. inception. Now we uh -huh. at year three. And look who I got. Look who I'm talking to today. <laughs> the person man. who brought us together. <laughs> like <laughs> networking, right? Yeah. And and the other thing that networking will do for you, and this is probably for me personally, this is the most valuable thing that has ever happened. Carl has done this. Dr. Dash has done this. They have pointed out some of the greatest strengths that I have, and I didn't even realize it. I didn't realize how good I, I was at what I was doing, which is speaking, interviewing, you know, facilitating conversations. Even though I'm a teacher, I do it all the time. I, I wasn't thinking about it. That's that's work. I do that all the time. It comes natural to me. <laughs> and now it it oh it blew my mind. Like it made my podcast better. It made my relationships with friends better. And I get opportunities to talk to a variety of different people to learn from their experiences. And most importantly, share it with the world. Yeah. I want we want y'all to hear this stuff, man. We want y'all to hear this. We want y'all to be motivated by it. And we want you to take these words of wisdom, implement them in your life, and take yourself up to the next level. Because we, like you said, CV, we are stronger together. I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for networking. I would not be here. So many people have done so many things for me, <clears throat> and I've done the same thing. And you, you just never know, man. Like I've had people crying, thanking me. For something that took me two minutes. Yeah. Hey, Rob, man, I know you DJ. You know, my daughter is doing something. Can you do this with this song and do that? And I'll pay you. I said, no, no, tell me what you need. All right, give me 10 minutes. Boom. <laughs> Send it back to them. And they're like in tears, overjoyed. And I'm like, that's what it's all about. Let's network. Let's work together. Let's help lift each other up, okay? It's way more difficult trying to do it all on your own. I could yeah. go on a rant about that forever but not gonna do that cv <laughs> only got two more things for you number okay. one number one what words of wisdom do you have for the person coming in behind you those serial entrepreneurs i know you've dropped a ton of gems <laughs> but this, that serial entrepreneur or that person thinking about building an app or that person that is struggling with networking what what words of wisdom do you have for them Okay, well, I, I don't know which one to attack in terms of words of wisdom on, because the networking and building the app are, are very separate, but I touch on, on both of them. Okay. Um, so the, to the person who is afraid of, of networking, I would say first just search within yourself. Like you need to just understand who you are, um, understand what you bring to the table, understand that you do have something special to bring to the table. Oftentimes, it's your own self-talk. Um, and it's funny because um, my wife, she's a therapist. She therapizes me, whatever you want to call it. But she she said to me that, you know, 
the things that you think of other people are often the things or the, the things that you think people are going to say about you are often the things that you're already saying about yourself. Mm-hmm. And so it's that self-talk. You're already, you're just projecting that out. Um, and so, you know, if you believe you're great, you're going to understand that other people are also going to see your greatness. Sometimes they see it in spite of our own selves getting away. But nonetheless, you have to know that before you even reach out to other people. Um, and so that will help and ease your journey into into entering the networking world. Don't go into it with the mindset that, oh, man, I'm an imposter. I want to do this thing. Um, but I unfortunately, I don't know why my video just cut out on me, um, but I want to do this thing. But I unfortunately um, feel like I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of doing this thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are. We are definitely um worthy of that moment. If the, if God gave us the idea, then it's ours and we have to go ahead and put that out into the universe. Um, what was the other thing that you said? So that's that's so, my somebody thinking about possibly thank you for that, but someone um thinking about possibly building an app. All right. So if you're building an app, I think that first you need to think if you have a real problem that needs to be solved by an app. Like sometimes people come up with great ideas that could be a novelty and, and and you need to know that because it takes time and money to put into those things. So just make sure you're identifying a real problem um, before actually investing that into going that far. Could it just be a website? You know, um, what's the need? Why do you need this website? Why do you need this app? Like, what is it really doing? Cause in that moment you might, you know, might be thinking, Oh man, this would be dope. And you talk to other people and they're like, can I just do it this way? Like, do I really need that? Or there's this thing that already exists. And that doesn't mean you don't need to build it just because something else is out there. You just need to think about how to do it better. Um, and then also, um, you know, when you start thinking about it, well, now you need to start talking to people and don't be so protective over your idea. Just get an NDA, sign, uh, give people to sign it, talk to them about it, ask them questions. You really could honestly just put together a survey, figure out would something that solves this solve your problem and then go from there then once you do that i say start with paper because everybody don't know how to design and it is literally as simple as pulling out take a sheet of paper draw a rectangle on it make 100 copies and start drawing from from the user experience and what that should look like what you need it to look like so that would be like probably like the basics that i would give somebody i actually have a book that i'm working on um that's going to teach people how oh. to yeah man i've been writing these chapters since um since i started this app i wanted to address it from the standpoint of somebody who's a non-technical founder in the app space that wants to create a technical product and i think um it's important that i give them real tangible steps to create it because oftentimes people are um given motivation like you just got to dig in and grind i ain't doing that <laughs> I'm going to give you, <laughs> I'm going to literally tell you the steps, like yeah. exactly check this box, check this box, check this box. Um, and then from there, someone can actually start and create an app. I mean, I'm going to give somebody a nugget in the gym right now that that, that, they, that people don't even be thinking about. If you got an idea, let's say it's an app to be something to help you focus, mm-hmm. right? Type in the, the app stores. Just type in focus apps and then see exactly what comes up. Don't look at any of the top 10. Don't look at the top 100. 
go all the way down to the bottom because there's thousands of app in each uh, apps in each category. Yes. And then look at the developer and who put it out there. There's hundreds and thousands of de developers that will create a product only to show a portfolio and say, hey, I was capable of creating this thing. They have no desire to, to use it or market it. Reach out to them. See them as they'll sell you the code for. You might have a base for your idea already. I actually was in the midst of uh, possibly purchasing some code um, for the low. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I'm talking wow. about you might be able to, instead of spending 50 grand on doing something, you might be able to pop 10 grand on, on a product that might be a minimum viable product that you could use, maybe change your logo and stuff like that. You know, sign your agreements with them, get a handoff strategy because it is important. They're going to be handing you off code. I would request before purchasing to see their code. You don't want spaghetti code, which means it's just really unorganized, not documented. So it makes it difficult for someone else to be able to go in and manipulate it. Figure out what you need from them. If you already have a developer, then have a handoff strategy. If you don't, get a clear, concise plan on how you can maybe get them to change it to fit your needs and your brand. And then you can actually possibly roll out a, a minimum viable product and get your idea out there. Then you can start raising money and then you can actually just start getting your base of customers. So that's that's a low hanging fruit, Jim, for somebody who might be wanting to start an app. Um, me. Yeah. There you go, bro. <laughs> I, yeah. And you've said that to me before, but it hit different just now. <laughs> it really hit different just now. That's a super gem, y'all. 10 yeah, million man. carats, flawless. Gonna, I'm going to have a whole chapter on how to um to work on the handoff processes and stuff like that in the book. So, you know, that's, that's, that's what I'm here for, man. I figured the journey that I've been on is worth sharing. I didn't do a great job of showing all of my lows to the public. I wish I probably had documented that better, but I am going to give a lot of nuggets to people. Um, and it's not even going to be a huge price on it. It's going to be, I'm probably going to put this out in the ebook format and I think it'll be well worth everybody's money um, to be able to have actionable steps and create something. But everybody deserves to be able to create with that, with the ideas that they have. They just don't know how. Ooh, that's the tagline for the book. Oh, <laughs> yo, CV, I got no more questions for you. The last thing I'm just going to leave you with, tell people how they can support what you're doing with Pass the Peas and tell people yeah. where they can find you on social media. All right. So our website is www.passthepeas.app. So not .com, but .app. Um, you can also find us on Instagram. It's Pass the Peas app. And Peas is spelled with a Z. So it's P-E-A-Z. So it's a non-traditional spelling. Um, and then also, we're going to, when you check us out on Instagram, in the very near future, um, we were actually selected by the JLH Foundation. Um, I, I don't know if I mentioned that um, within this interview much, but the JLH Social Impact Fund, man, they, they're they're God saying, dude, I, I'm thankful for their uh, for their generosity. Um, and so with this campaign launched through them, we're going to be able to expand our features, um, get the app in front of thousands more people. And we're going to host live experience events. Um, and we're going to need the help of people to raise money to be able to do that. Um, and so with this program, nice. they're going to match up to ten thousand dollars. So every dollar um, up to ten thousand dollars, you will have double the impact for donating. So. I'll be I'll have that information in our bio very soon. The campaign goes live on August the 15th. So 
It'll run for 45 days. So people go ahead, get out and co contribute early. You know what I'm saying? Don't wait till the last minute. Even if it's $25, every dollar matters. So that's um, that's what we're doing. But the Apple, uh, it should be out by that time. And so you should be able to download and enjoy what we are offering in our current features now. It's a robust app in itself, but I have so much more. So much more in store for this thing. And I, I can't wait to share it, man. It's it's gonna be big. I would call myself, I'm I'm the more I read and the more I understand, I'm becoming a food anthropologist, you know, <laughs> trying to learn. Seriously, man, when you get into the Gullah Geechee culture or even like um yeah. we recently got we're getting our kids registered with the Cherokee Nation because my family um, is Cherokee and so man even when you go look at the registrar director van is on it my people wow. is my people strong down there um, so <laughs> anyway um so you know like even learning about like the indigenous uh, tribes and the the um, different things that they use from the from the ground even using ash um, and wow. burning wood and using ash in their in their um, in their cornmeal and how they prepare food and mm -hmm. learning about the things that are no longer available or in the, uh, that were once indigenous to those regions because of all the construction and development around it and so learning how they've had to adapt um, and you know it's just interesting man so I am loving the journey and reading more books this uh, this this process has made me become a little bit more of a food nerd subscribing to every podcast i can um and reading every book that i can so yeah ladies yeah, and lean, lean to the side let me see your background a little bit oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah. That, that, that that that's yeah. it right there y'all <laughs> yeah, get, get used to that logo man y'all gonna see that logo yeah. a lot Get used to it, man. And CV, <laughs> thank you for joining us. Thank y'all for joining us. I know y'all got some nuggets and some great information. We love y'all. We're here to motivate y'all. We're here to just drop these gems and drop these nuggets. And, yeah, we just wish y'all the best and wish y'all the most success. So until next time, we will catch y'all. Peace. Peace.